Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. I hope you are doing well. I'm doing well. I'm having a great day because we have hit episode 100. Yes, that is right. This is it. This is the century mark. And I am super, super pumped about this. This podcast has been a lot of fun. And I know uh, it's been able to help people literally all over the world and in all different stages of business. I, I get emails and tweets and messages from people who say, hey, I listened to this episode and it helped me in one way or listen to a different episode. And so really appreciate the kind words that you've shared with us. And I, I'm, I'm glad that the hopefully the podcast has made some type of, of an impression or dent or a help in your world and your, in your business and in your speaking journey in some way. And so a couple things before we get into today's episode. Today's going to be meaty, all right? Today's going to be thick. We got a lot to it. But before we get into it, to celebrate our 100th episode, we're going to be doing a huge giveaway that's going to include two key things. One, we are going to be giving away lifetime access to our brand new The Speaker Lab community. Now, this is going to be a monthly community where you can, just a private community where you can find support, you can get your questions answered, you can connect with other speakers, you can network. It's really, we're really, really excited about that. We've been uh, working on this for several months now, and uh, you're going to be hearing more about it in the coming weeks and months, but just know that you are going to get lifetime access to it, or the winner of this giveaway is going to get lifetime access to it, plus we're going to be giving away a 30-minute Skype call with me, all right, to help you in your speaking business. So this is totally free. This is just a, a, a free giveaway. Again, this is just to celebrate our 100th episode. So if you want to enter for this, you can go over to thespeakerlab.com slash contest. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash contest. Now, this contest is going to be running until October the 2nd. You have till October the 2nd to apply for this. Not even apply, I guess, register for this. And if you go over to thespeakerlab.com slash contest, it'll walk you through what you need to do to uh, be eligible. It's super simple. It'll take you two seconds. That way, we'll get you registered for this big giveaway, all right? The second thing I want to let you know is that for today's episode, we are going to be covering a lot of stuff. Now, normally we try to keep these episodes, try to keep them pretty pretty tight. We try to keep them, and we, we're going to keep this one tight too, but we just got a lot to get to. So uh, it's going to be a longer episode where we've got 100 tips on how to become a speaker. Now, whether you are brand new, you're just getting started, or maybe you've been doing this for weeks or months or years, wherever you're at in your journey, we want to make sure that today is, is super, super helpful for you. So we're going to be covering all types of topics related to talking about preparing your talk, or, or what do you do before you go on stage, or delivering the talk, or connecting with your audience, or how do you get speaking gigs? We're going to talk about speaking fees and, and working with clients, building a, a speaking business, growing beyond the stage. We're going to touch on travel, as well as just taking 
care of yourself as the speaker. So we have we've taken these hundred tips, we've categorized these in these eleven different categories, and we're going to be going rapid fire through these, just kind of hitting on and highlighting some of them. But I do want you to know, if you want all of it, all right, you can go over to thespeakerlab.com slash 100, thespeakerlab.com slash 100. That is going to take you to uh, a blog post that's going to go in more depth on all 100 of these tips. Okay, this is a blog post, took hours and hours to, to write and put together it's 9,000 words, right? That's a lot of stuff there. So if you hear one of these tips and you're like, oh, that's interesting, I'd like to hear more about that, just go right over to the, the post and you can get some more information on that. Again, you can find that over at thespeakerlab.com slash 100. All right. And then one final thing, we have a big announcement about the podcast. All right. I think you're going to want to stick around for it. I'm going to give you that at the very end of our time. So again, uh, just float that out there for now. Make sure that you stick around till the very end so you catch that announcement. All right. So uh, I think that's it. Let's get into it. Here are the top 100 tips for how to become a speaker. Enjoy. All right, let's get into it. So again, we've broken all 100 tips down into 11 different categories. And so we're just going to go right down the list here. We're going to start by talking about preparing the talk, right? So here's tip number one, avoid PowerPoint slides with heavy text. All right, now I've got, there's pros and cons whenever it comes to using PowerPoint, but if you're going to use PowerPoint slides, just don't go heavy on the text. People prefer images. Second thing, number two, is to use PowerPoint to show images that make a point, all right? Show images that make a point. Don't just put up, don't just plan on using PowerPoint just for the heck of it. Number three is to write out your material. Professional speakers don't just make stuff up. They don't just wing it. They really concentrate on crafting and creating a solid talk. Number four is to use humor. Now, you don't have to be a comedian to, to be a motivational speaker, but humor makes a huge, huge difference. Number five is to tell stories. Humans relate to stories. We connect with stories, all types of stories. Number six is to tell first person stories. Now there's nothing wrong with telling a like a third person story or using a, a case study or some example, but tell stories that you have lived and experienced. Number seven is to learn from others, but don't mimic. Now you, you've probably watched a, a lot of other speakers and you may have attended events and conferences and meetings and so on and so forth. And, and, and you know, some things that just work. You've seen those things from stage. And so it's easy to want to just duplicate what you saw since you know that that works, but don't do that. Learn why it worked and how you can incorporate a similar, but not copied method methodology into your own talks. Number eight, your best marketing is a great talk. Meaning if you're a great marketer, you're awesome at getting gigs, but you suck as a speaker, you will not last long. So you want to make sure that your talk is really solid and strong. Number nine is to begin with the end in mind. So whenever you're giving a presentation, you want to figure out like, where is this going? What is it that I want people to know by the end of this? Maybe you've listened to a talk or said in a presentation before, and by the end of it, you're kind of left wondering like, what was the point of that? Like, why did you give that presentation? So begin with the end in mind. Number 10 is it's not about you. The more the audience feels like you're there on stage just to, to brag or to show off how awesome you are, the more turned off they will be. Your job as a speaker is to encourage, to motivate, to challenge, to inspire them, not to pat yourself on the back and to manipulate them into giving you a standing ovation for your own ego's sake. Number 11 is to answer now what for the audience. So one of the questions that your audience is always going to be asking is now what? What is What am I supposed to do as a result of this? So always look to give your audience action steps that they can implement, things that they can put into their business immediately. Number 12 
is that there's no right way to create a talk. Now, I personally, I prefer to manuscript out my talks. I don't necessarily view them as a a script that has to be memorized, but manuscripting helps me to kind of think through uh, the entire presentation and know exactly how it flows together. I know some speakers who prefer to have an outline with several bullet points and flesh it out from there. So every speaker is different. Just figure out a process that works well for you. Number 13 is to have your radar up. So pay attention in everyday life. Like what makes you laugh? What makes you think? What makes you stop and question things? What makes you cry? What triggers these types of emotions? Oftentimes those can work really well for speaking. Number 14, manuscript stories before you tell them. So if I told you to tell me the plot of your favorite movie, you could probably give me a a, a good like 60 second summary off the top of your head. But if you had time to really like think about it and carefully craft out that same synopsis, you could probably tell it better. And so that's the way you should approach your storytelling. Number 15 is to create a rhythm to your talk. Rhythm means that, that you're creating a pace or a flow to your talk that makes it easier for the audience to follow and to navigate with you. Number 16 is to open and close loops. So this is a tactic that works really well to keep an audience engaged. So it's kind of similar actually to the advice of tell them what you're going to tell them, but sprinkle this throughout the talk. So opening a loop means you're you're raising a question in their mind that makes them want to keep listening for the answer. So for example, if I were to say, you know, in just a couple minutes, uh, I'm going to share with you that the biggest mistake that new speakers make on stage that you can avoid. So what I've done there is I've opened that loop. You want to keep listening because you want to know what the answer to that question is. Number 17, professional speakers have very few speeches. One misconception is that the way you become a, a motivational speaker is that you have 94 different talks or presentations that you give, and they must all be amazing. This is not true. The best speakers on the planet only have really one or two talks that they do, and these talks are insanely good. They don't have 94 mediocre talks like amateurs do. So if you're going to do this long term, focus your talks down to just a few. All right, so that's the first section all about preparing the talk. Let's keep cruising on with the second section. The uh, second section is all about before you go on stage. So next point is manage the nerves. Manage the nerves. Now, there's nothing wrong with feeling nerves whenever you get ready to speak. And oftentimes, those nerves are, are confused with excitement. So having some level of excitement or nervous energy before you speak reminds you that what you're doing matters. So it forces you to focus your attention and to be fully present. Uh, Next one is to don't wing it. Don't wing it. The best professional speakers on the planet don't just get up on stage and open their mouth and just like, all right, let's just see what's going to happen. No, no. They have like literally crafted every single word and phrase and sentence and everything that they're doing, every pause, the timing of it. They're really, really carefully crafting it all. So don't just wing it. Next is to look professional. We just talked about this in a recent podcast episode, but before you you open your mouth, the audience is making judgments and assumptions about you just based on how you look and how you dress. So you may not like it, but I personally don't like it, but that's the truth. That's the reality. So you have to accept that. Next one, number four. Uh, well, this is number four in the new in this next uh, section here. And before you go on stage, number four is to do a walkthrough ahead of time. Do a walkthrough ahead of time. So when you practice and rehearse your talk, do it like you would if you were actually presenting. So if you're using props, include those in your rehearsal time. If you're using a handheld microphone, then practice by holding some type of object. 
Next is to set yourself up for success. There's a lot of variables that go into making a presentation good. So your job is to put as many of those variables in your favor as possible. Meaning that don't stay up late the night before some at some conference social party. Don't speak during a meal when servers are coming and going and, and dishes are clanking. Don't feel the need to be on all the time. Like stay in your room, relax a lot of the time. Because if all the variables are stacked against you, but you crush your talk, it may only still feel like a, a C plus at best to your audience. Next is to talk to your audience before you speak. Talk to your audience before you speak. Before a talk, sometimes it helps just to wander the room to meet a, a few new people. And this helps in a few ways. It, it helps you to kind of get a vibe for the room and get the energy for the room. Are, are they tired? Are they excited? Are they experts on this topic? Are they complete newbies? Uh, you'll also be able to connect with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis, which helps both them and you as the presentation continues. Next is that crowd density is a speaker's best friend. Crowd density is a speaker's best friend. The environment where you speak can be one of the biggest factors in how a presentation goes. Whether we want to admit it or not, environment matters and it matters a lot. The room where you speak can make a lukewarm audience an awesome crowd or a cranky crowd. So one of the things you want to do is you want the audience as close to the front and center as possible because energy, laughter, engagement, they are all very, very contagious. Next is to have a pre-game ritual. A pre-game ritual often will, will help you to calm your nerves and to reduce stress. And so you want to make sure that you you know, you're getting to the event in enough time where you don't feel rushed or stressed, that you want to go over your talk one more time backstage, that you want to check out the room and stage where you'll be speaking, all those things that just help you to feel ready and prepared and calm. Next one, uh, I know I asked, before I give you this one, I asked several speaker friends, what, are, what would be some of their tips? And multiple speakers mentioned this one, but before you go on stage and before you speak, always check your fly. All right, check your fly. Now, thankfully, I've never made this mistake, but I've certainly heard the horror stories. Right before you go out on stage, always double, triple check that everything is zipped up and uh, put away. Next is to join Toastmasters. Now, the way you become a better speaker is that you actually speak. And, and reading this post will definitely help you and listening to this podcast will help you, but it means nothing until you actually implement what you have learned. So Toastmasters, as you may know, is a huge international organization that gives you the opportunity to speak and get better. So we actually did a, a podcast episode that we linked up to in the uh, the show notes. Again, you can check that out by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash 100, episode 100. All right, next is going to be make a good speaker introduction. Your introduction is an incredibly important part of your presentation. Now, it's different than your bio that you may have on your website. So you want to create the introduction. Don't leave it up to the client. But should basically, it should set the tone before you even take the stage. All right, so that is that section all about uh, before you go on stage. Now, let's talk about actually speaking and the third section here on delivering the talk. So first tip here is to stick to your allotted time. Stick to your allotted time. Audience, conference planners, other speakers hate when speakers go over their time. So if anything, end early, not late. Next is to don't be afraid of the silence. The silence to a speaker can feel deafening, but it can also be very, very powerful. So silence shows confidence that you are in control of the talk and the end of the room and that you're continuing to guide them towards a, a common purpose. 
Next would be to stop apologizing. Stop apologizing. The audience doesn't know what you don't tell them, meaning that stop apologizing that you don't feel well. The audience doesn't care. Okay. Stop apologizing that, that your allotted time got cut. Stop apologizing that your slides aren't working. Just move on. Like Again, there's a good chance that the audience would have never known that you didn't feel well or that your time got cut or that your slides wouldn't, weren't working if you had never brought it up. Next is to be willing to roll with it. Be flexible as a speaker. You know, sometimes sometimes things happen. Oftentimes things happen. And it could be good things, could be horrible things, could be speaker nightmares, but roll with what happens. Next one is to relax. Relax, relax. For some reason that there's this kind of this misconception with speaking that it's like this us versus them mentality. Like the audience is out to get you, like they're rooting for you to fail. Nothing could be further from the truth, right? The audience, they want you to do well. They don't want it to be a train wreck. They don't want to waste their time. So relax. They're on your side. Next, this is good advice for me right now. Slow down. Slow down. When you are talking really fast, it becomes difficult for the audience to follow. It's it's hard to keep up, hard to process. Uh, and so slow down and enunciate. So the audience is hearing and understanding everything that you're saying. Next is to pause. You like how I did that there? Okay. So pausing, it's really hard for speakers because we hate the silence. Like a pause can feel like an eternity, but that pause allows the audience to digest what it is that you said. Next, errors can make you human. Errors can make you human. Sometimes we worry like, what, what, what if I forget what, if, what I'm supposed to say? Or what if my slides don't work? Or what if I tell things out of order? Or what if, I, what if I draw a blank on something? Like, listen, again, most people will never know. But two, when things do go wrong or you have a brain fart, listen, it makes you more relatable as a human. Next is to be appropriate, right? You don't need to be crude or inappropriate just for laugh. It's just not worth it. Next is to allow the audience a chance to laugh. So when you tell a joke or deliver a punchline, give the audience time to laugh. Sometimes speakers, we like to rush to the next point, but don't do that. You want to give the audience a chance to respond to what it is that you said. Next is to when things go wrong, don't panic. When things go wrong, don't panic again. It happens. There's a million things that can go wrong. And eventually, some of them will happen to you. So recognize as a speaker what you can and can't control. Uh, Next is to, when possible, do Q&A. So in the right context, and again, generally, this is in smaller groups, doing audience Q&A is extremely effective and powerful. And again, this is something that we, we covered on a recent episode. Next is to know that there's no absolutes when speaking. You don't have to do anything a certain way because someone said to do it that way. You don't have to stand on stage. You don't have to use slides. I personally don't use slides. You don't have to be a comedian. You don't have to have like wild gestures or movements. You don't have to you don't have to do anything a certain way. Like you you can make it up as you go. Well, I don't don't make it up as you go, but come up with your own style and know that that there's you don't have to do it a certain way. Next is don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. You don't have to be perfect because you're on stage. We need more humans. So be authentic, be vulnerable, be genuine with your audience. Next, on stage, be an amplified version of you. So the bigger the venue, the bigger you need to be on stage. The way you would communicate to a group of 10 people is very different than how you would communicate to a group of 10,000. Next is to don't stand behind a lectern. Lecterns are dumb. You don't need one. When you stand behind one, it literally puts a barrier between you and the audience. Don't do that. Next, 
is when speaking, get out of your own head. Just get out of your own head. I think speaking is, is kind of like playing jazz. Now, I don't, I don't know how to play jazz. I learned how to play the, the saxophone in junior high, but that was about the extent of it. But you don't give it a, a talk the same way every time. You can improvise. You can mix it up. You can do things out of order. Like Sometimes speakers are so deep in their own heads that they're not truly present with the audience, but they're rather they're just they're regurgitating from a script that they've memorized. All right, so that completes that section, section three, all about delivering the talk. Now, let's get into the next section here about connecting with your audience. First thought here, number one, is that the audience takes their cues from you. So as the speaker, you set the tone for the audience. So if you're excited, they're going to be excited. If you're bummed out and you don't want to be there, then don't be surprised if they feel the same. So you set the tone for that audience. Number two, Stick around to meet audience members. Stick around to meet audience members. Oftentimes, audience members, they want to talk to you after you speak. They want to share a story. They may have a question. They just may want to give you a pat on the back or a hug or a high five and just tell you how your talk had impacted them in some way. Next is to know your audience. Every audience is different. Every audience is its own little special snowflake. And so as a speaker, it's your responsibility to learn about your audience to, determ- to determine how to best apply your message to them. Next is to use a worksheet to keep the audience engaged. Use a worksheet to keep the audience engaged. So if I'm doing a, personally, if I'm doing a workshop or a breakout session for a smaller group, oftentimes I will use a worksheet. And I mean, it can feel like an old school, you know, cheesy fill in the blank elementary school type of thing, but it can be really, really effective because it keeps an audience engaged. Next one here is to get the audience involved. A good presentation should be more of a dialogue and not a a monologue. You, You may be one with the mic, but it's your responsibility to get the audience involved. All right, so that wraps up the section four about connecting with your audience. Let's go on to section five. How you feeling? You doing good? I told you, we're going rapid fire through these. I know it's going to feel like drinking from a fire hose. And so again, if you want to go more in depth on these, if any of these are, are just like tickling your, your earbuds and you're just like, I want, to, I want to know more about that, you need to go over to thespeakerlab.com slash 100. Thespeakerlab.com slash 100. We have put together an in-depth list of these 100 tips here with a lot more information than what I'm giving right now. Plus, there's several of these uh, these tips and topics where we have maybe a blog post or a resource or a podcast episode or some type of resource that goes along and way more in depth on that topic. So you definitely want to go over to thespeakerlab.com slash 100. All right, so uh, next section, section five, let's talk about getting speaking gigs. The first tip here is to have a solid website. If you don't have a website, you don't exist. A website is the most common way for clients to research you and to find out about you. Next one is to make a demo video. So if you want to get booked, and especially if you want to get paid, a demo video is a must. Next is to network with other speakers. Network with other speakers. You should do this for two reasons. One is that speaking can be very, very lonely and isolating, and nobody understands other speakers better than other speakers. So it helps just to connect to have people that you can share your journey with. The second thing is that other speakers can be a great source of business. So uh, you can refer business to one another. And I've built, a, I've booked a lot of business and shared a lot of business from networking with other speakers. Next is to pick a target market. Pick a target market. You cannot speak to anyone. Now, you may think that you just, I, I just want to speak to humans. I just want to talk to people. But if you think you can talk to everyone, you really can speak to no one. 
Next is to don't speak about everything. Don't speak about everything. So if I were to ask you what you speak about, the worst possible answer is, what do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. No, you can't, all right? Just like you can't speak to anyone, you also can't speak about anything. Next, stop looking for an agent. Stop looking for an agent. Like so many speakers, they, they don't want to do the hard work of looking for gigs and building relationships with, with decision makers. And so we look for an, an agent or some type of shortcut to the system. But you don't need an agent, all right? You can find your own gigs. Besides, I'll be honest with you, like legit speaker agents aren't interested in 99% of the speakers on the market, all right? So stop looking for an agent. Next, speaker bureaus aren't interested in you either, all right? I know I'm just like dumping on you right now, but speaker bureaus aren't interested in you. If you're not already getting a lot of booking requests and inquiries, uh, a bureau isn't going to magically create that for you. Next, be clear on why you want to speak. A lot of speakers enjoy this business because it's fun. I mean, we get to stand on stages and run our mouths and it is indeed a lot of fun, but you want to be super clear about why you are doing this. Next point here is that marketing never stops. Marketing never stops. Now, it is true that the longer you speak, the easier it is to get gigs and find gigs, but there's always going to be marketing. You're always trying to stay top of mind and stay relevant. So marketing never stops. Next is to collect testimonials. Testimonials are incredibly valuable for speakers. They are, they are like social proof that you are good at what you do. So collect testimonials from uh, event planners, decision makers, audience members as well. Next is don't depend on social media for gigs. Like nobody's ever booked a gig because of a tweet or a cute Instagram picture or a Facebook post, okay? Social media, it's good for building awareness and credibility, but don't assume that you you posted that, that because that you posted, you're going to be a speaker or all of a sudden you're going to get bookings. Next is to find and focus on the decision maker. The bigger the event, the more people that are oftentimes involved with the decision-making process. So make sure that you are communicating to the person that has the decision-making ability and power. Uh, and then finally is to stay relevant. Stay relevant. Just because you've always done it that way doesn't mean that it will continue to work. So stay relevant in the examples and the case studies that you share from stage. Stay relevant in the topics that you speak about and what's happening in your industry and what platforms that you use to communicate. So stay relevant. All right, so that's everything about getting speaking gigs. Let's move on to the next one. The sixth category we're going to be covering here with the top 100 tips you need to know as a speaker. Sixth category is speaking fees. Let's talk about it. Next, first one here is to have a fee structure. Have a fee structure. So a fee structure it gives clients options. So think about like whenever you go to a, a fast food restaurant, right? They offer you some type of like value meal. Point is, is that they're trying to get you to add additional things to your order. That's really what a fee structure does for speakers. Next is to do all-inclusive pricing, all-inclusive pricing. Now there's two ways to price travel as a speaker. You can do it separately or you can do it all-inclusive. Now, we've done both, and we recommend all-inclusive, and we, we did an episode on this uh, a while back. You can check out again over at thespeakerlab.com slash 100. Next is to be confident in the value that you offer. Be confident in the value that you offer. Now, it can feel strange at times to get paid to stand on stage and speak, and you may feel like, well, I shouldn't be getting paid for this, or I should do it for free, or I should do it for always. I should always just reduce my fee to basically nothing. Don't do that. Be confident and the value that you offer. Next is to negotiate based on value. 
negotiate based on value. Like don't be a speaker who just flippantly discounts for no reason other than you just want the gig. So if you're going to reduce your fee for some reason, make sure that you are getting value in return. Okay, so that's everything on those four tips on speaking fees. Now let's get into uh, working with clients, working with clients. So I'm going to give you, let's see here, I'm going to give you seven tips under this category. First of all, number one is to do a pre-event call. Do a pre-event call. So usually two to three weeks before an event, we will always have a pre-event call with a client. And so this way we can kind of go over all the details and the uh, everything that's going to be happening. Here's what I'm going to be speaking on and just make sure we are all on the same page. Next is to ask for referrals from clients. One of the best leads is one that comes from a referral. So whenever you speak somewhere, always ask the clients and you can even ask audience members uh, if they know of other people that would be interested in what it is that you do. Next is to show appreciation for the client. So before the event, share your excitement with the client about the, you know, the opportunity that you get to be a part of their event. While on site, compliment the quality of the event. And even after the event, make sure that you're giving them a, a thank you card, maybe sending them some type of, of thank you gift of some kind. Next one, serve serve. When you're at the event, don't have this celebrity mentality that you're better than other people. Uh, listen, you are there to serve. Next is to be just as good off stage as you are on. So if you're amazing on stage, but you're a pain in the butt or a jerk off stage, you won't get booked. Like, like people do not want to work with, with speakers like that. Next is never embarrass the client. Never say anything on or off stage that would embarrass that client or make them look bad. Remember, you are there as a representation of that company or that group or that association. So never do anything that would make them look bad. And then the last one for this section is to thank the tech crew. Thank the tech crew. The, the tech crews, the AV people for conferences and events, they have worked with hundreds of speakers. They have seen plenty of divas and prima donnas. So don't be that speaker. They have the ability to make you look and sound better than you really are. So make sure you are grateful for them and you show your appreciation. All right, so that's everything under uh, dealing and working with clients. Now let's talk about, I'm going to give you nine tips on building a speaking business. Nine tips for building a speaking business. First one, number one, is to have a long-term perspective. Becoming a top-notch speaker, building a, a successful speaking business is not an overnight thing. Like I, I've always heard it takes years and years to become an overnight success. So focus on that long-term perspective. Next is to join the National Speakers Association. The National Speakers Association, the NSA, is a collection of speakers who are, who are helping just to build and encourage one another. It's a great organization with a lot of local chapters as well as national events where you can learn from other speakers. Next one, number three, is to take your business seriously. So if you treat speaking as a hobby, don't be surprised when you get hobby-like results. So if you're running a business, then you need to treat it accordingly. Next, number four, is to build relationships with clients. My favorite clients are those that I also consider consider friends. So we, we exchange Christmas cards, we text, we keep up on what's happening in each other's lives. So build relationships with your clients. Next, number five, is to stop looking for a shortcut. Again, like I said, building a speaking business, it, it takes time. It's not an overnight thing. The best speakers on the planet, those that have, have been the most successful, didn't just get lucky. They didn't have, find some magical shortcut that's hidden from you. They've worked their butt off on their craft and their business. So just do the work. 
Number six is to create systems. So having systems in place removes the guesswork. So it creates a, a logical flow and pattern to how you do things in your business. Number seven is to hire to focus on what only you can do. Hire so that you can focus on what only you can do. As a speaker, only you can speak, but you don't necessarily have to be the one that books travel or creates contracts or invoices or follows up with clients or make sure you get paid. So as the business grows, there's going to become more moving pieces to the business. So hire people that can do other things that you don't necessarily have to do. Next one, number eight is to invest in yourself and your business. I personally have invested tens of thousands of dollars in my business over the years. So investing in coaches and training and conferences and mentorship, these things are the ultimate fast pass to the front of the line. Now, sure, you could like save some money by stumbling around the internet, trying to like cobble together some free resources on a topic. But if you invest in yourself, you get quality advice from an expert who will save you so much time and just cut your learning curve significantly. And then finally, under this category is to always have a written agreement. When you get booked, always have a written ag agreement. It, it's crazy, but when when people, like people just have a fuzzy memory when money is involved. I, I remember I had a mentor early on who told me that a paper trail is a safe trail. If you didn't get it in writing, it didn't happen. All right, so that's section eight, all about building a speaking business. All right, we got three more sections. We we got about a about a dozen or so more tips here, maybe a little bit more than that. So we're gonna keep cruising through these again. Like I said, we are going rapid fire through these. But if you want to look at these more in depth, which I would encourage you to do, stop by thespeakerlab.com/slash 100 thespeakerlab.com slash 100, where you can get a full overview of these top 100 tips for speakers. All right. So section number nine, we're going to be talking all about how to grow beyond the stage, grow beyond the stage. Number one is to develop ways to build your business and serve beyond the stage. So again, speaking is extremely powerful. It's a lot of fun, but it certainly has its limitations. Like think about the last speaker that you heard. Like how much of their talk do you even remember? So what are some ways that you can help your audience to learn or retain your content after you leave the stage? Next one, number two, is to write a book. Now, there's a lot of opinions on this. In my opinion, you don't need a, a book in order to get booked to speak, but it certainly helps if you have one, right? So there's nothing wrong with, with having one at all. So I, I definitely recommend that you have a book. It can also be a, a great source of revenue for speaking as well. Number three is to diversify with multiple streams of income. It's never smart to have all your eggs in one basket. So there's nothing wrong with speaking being the primary basket or the primary place where you're, you're for your bread and butter. But you want to think about what happens if suddenly you couldn't speak or what can you do beyond the stage? And then finally, number four here is to develop revenue sources that don't require you to leave home, that don't require you to leave home because the challenge with speaking is it doesn't scale. The nature of the profession is that you generally have to get on a plane and you have to leave. And so the problem is that you can become the bottleneck. And so if you're not traveling or speaking, you're generally not generating revenue. So learn to develop revenue sources that don't require you to leave home. Okay, so that's four tips on growing beyond the stage. Tenth category here is all about the travel for speakers. Now, we just did a couple episodes on this recently. So again, you can check those out. We included links to those over at thespeakerlab.com slash 100. But let's get into these, all right? The first tip under uh, the travel of speaking 
is be a loyal traveler. So when traveling, status does matter. Status leads to, to free check luggage and complimentary upgrades to first class and even just priority flight changes. Like those things matter when you're traveling. Number two is to don't book the last of flight to an event. If you have the last flight to an event and something goes wrong, you're screwed. You, you, don't, you never want to leave yourself in a spot where you have no other options. Number three, always do what's best for the client. Always do what's best for the client. Now, like I said, I'm a loyal traveler. However, if the client is paying for the airfare and I have the choice between a a lower cost flight on one airline compared to a significantly higher price ticket on my preferred airline, I'm always going to do what's best for the client. Number four is to always have a plan B. Always have a plan B. When, when traveling, always be thinking one step ahead or what your plan B might be. All right, that might be confusing there. So if you see that you might miss a connection, figure out what your other options are. If you see that there's a storm moving into the area or if it seems like your inbound flight is not going to be on time, start figuring out what your plan B is going to be if there's an issue. And then number five is to never, 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 never miss an event. Never miss an event. Thankfully, knock on wood, I've never missed a speaking engagement, but there are times where I've rented a car and driven through the night, or I felt sick on stage and just didn't want to be there, or I traveled like on a red eye and got there and just woke up and uh, tried to, was just a zombie on stage, but do whatever you need to do to be in an event, but never, never, never miss an event. Okay, last one. The final category here is all about your health as a speaker. First one, number one is to don't let being a speaker get in the way of being a human. You guys have probably heard me say this, but one of my favorite sayings is who you are is more important than what you do. Like if you're a great speaker, if you make a difference for everyone else, but you drop the ball as a, as a husband, as a wife, as a mother, father, friend, or if you're just the shell of a human being, it's just not worth it. Don't let being a speaker get in the way of being a human. Number two is to take care of your health. Traveling and speaking is is a lot more tiring and draining than people may realize. So uh, you get out of your normal routine. It's hard to eat quality. It's hard to have like quality health habits. So make sure that you eat well, that you get enough sleep, that you exercise, like basically all the same stuff your mom tells you to do. Number three is to stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. A simple and commonly overlooked health secret of speakers is we drink a lot of water. So make sure that you stay hydrated when you travel and when you speak. Number four is to stay grateful and humble. Like as a speaker, we we get to do something that very few people get to do. We get to be paid oftentimes way too well to stand on stages, to travel, to share a message, to make a difference. And so be grateful, be humble for the opportunity that you have been given. Number five is to stay connected back home. I know for me, whenever I travel, I'm constantly, I'm, I'm texting, I'm calling, I'm FaceTiming with my wife and my daughters because I want to keep them updated on where I am, what I'm doing, how things are going. But I also want to stay connected with what they are up to back home. Number six is when you're off stage, be off the stage. When you're off stage, be off the stage. You don't need to be on all the time. You don't need to be the life of the party. Like if you're trying to be on all the time, not only is it generally fake to who you really are, but it's just exhausting. So don't do that. And then the last one, the final tip here in all of these tips on speaking is to have fun. Just have fun. You have a great gig. You you get to travel. You get to speak. You get to change the world. So enjoy that. Like savor the moments, be fully present when people are sharing their story. Give lots of hugs, give lots of high fives, show gratitude and appreciation for others. Enjoy the journey that you're on right now as a speaker. 
and have a lot of fun. All right, that wraps it up. All 100 tips there on speaking. Now we got a couple other things I'm going to mention to you. So uh, let's get into those. Boom. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that. There's a hundred tips there on building your business as a speaker and becoming a motivational speaker. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope that was helpful for you. Hey, a couple things before you take off, let me remind you of, first of all, number one is again, we are doing a giveaway in honor of this hundredth episode. This is a huge giveaway that includes lifetime access to the Speaker Lab community, plus a 30 minute Skype call with me to help you with your speaking business. So it's totally free to enter. You can get all the details by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash contest. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash contest. You've got until October the 2nd to register for that. Totally free. So definitely go by thespeakerlab.com slash contest to register for that. Uh, also, like I mentioned to you several times, you can find all of this in a huge blog post, 9,000 word post that we did going in more depth on all 100 of these tips. You can find that by going over to thespeakerlab.com slash 100. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash 100. So definitely stop by and check that out. And then finally, like I teased you at the beginning, uh, we had a big announcement about the podcast. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that we do two episodes every single week. We do these uh, typically every Tuesday and Thursday. And so what we're going to be doing is starting next week, we're going to cut back and do one episode per week, one episode per week. And here's why. Is because we know a lot of people enjoy the podcast and, and get a lot from the podcast. But I personally am also someone that listens. I listen to our podcast some, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. And there's a lot of really good podcasts out there. And so it's hard to keep up with a show that does multiple episodes in a week. So that's one of the reasons that we wanted to, to cut back to one episode a week. The other thing is, is that we are in the process of we're going to be doing one blog post per week. Right now, most of the content that we provide is through this, this podcast. And so we know some people like the podcast and, and prefer the audio format. But we also know some people prefer more of written and prefer blog posts. So rather than doing two episodes, podcast episodes per week, starting next week, we're going to be doing one podcast episode and one written blog post every week. So we're going to be providing those to you. So really, really excited about that. You're going to see the blog post in the next few weeks. I don't think we have one uh, for next week. So, But again, just so you know, we will be cutting back to one podcast episode per week. But again, we will be providing one written blog post for you as well that we expect to be just as applicable, tangible, practical for you uh, to help you in your speaking journey. Hey, again, here on episode 100, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. It means a ton that you've, you've listened to this, whether this is your first episode or your hundredth episode you've listened to. We really appreciate you going on this journey with us. We hope it's been helpful and, and supportive for you as you build and grow your speaking business. Appreciate you. You're awesome. <laughs>